This is K.M. Wyland, and you are listening to the 206th episode of the Wordplay Podcast. I'm excited to announce that my next book will be Structuring Your Novel, Essential Keys for Writing an Outstanding Story. This book will follow up outlining your novel by exploring structure from the top down, story to scene to sentence. We've talked about many of these subjects in earlier podcasts, and I've had a blast digging even deeper, fleshing things out, and providing a guide to these sometimes bewildering but always insanely rewarding world of story structure. The book is scheduled for release on September 1st, 2013. Mark your calendars and stay tuned. Plenty more goodies coming up between now and the launch. The July issue of my e-letter hit inboxes last week. It included more drawing winners, the article, How to Write a Purposeful Theme for Your Story, and my response to a subscriber's question about how to begin a story before your inciting event. If you're not receiving the e-letter and would like to, you can sign up for my mailing list on my website at kmwyland.com. That's W-E-I-L-A-N-D dot com slash mailing dash list dot PHP. You can read back issues online at kmwyland dot com slash eletter dash issues dot PHP. Is your novel's backstory big enough? The latest post in the video series on my blog encourages writers not to skimp on important and fun backstory. To watch it, visit my website at www.helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. And now, I hope you enjoy this week's podcast, Most Common Mistakes Series Part 22, when your scene focuses on what isn't happening. Here's a little-known secret about stories. They're about what your characters do. Okay, so maybe it's not so little known. I mean, duh, right? Your character does something, and then he does something else, and presto, you have a plot. And yet, writers often end up spending a huge chunk of time describing what their characters aren't doing. Basically, this technique allows you to show, by way of contrast, what your character is doing. If he's not smiling, he's probably frowning. Readers aren't likely to be confused. So, what's the big problem here? Consider the following sentences. Mark didn't look at Shannon. Shannon didn't think about Mark while dancing with Geraldo. Geraldo was surprised chills didn't run up his spine. All we know here is what these characters aren't doing. In essence, we've created a vacuum of action. They aren't doing anything. Or rather, they are doing something, but readers have no idea what that something might be. When we place the emphasis on non-actions, we're failing to tell readers what they should be visualizing, and if we fail to give them any further clues to help them see what the characters are doing, then readers are left with a great big blank. When we focus on what our characters are doing rather than what they're not, we're able to paint specific pictures for our readers. Consider our rewritten examples. Mark kept his gaze on the torn valentine Shannon handed back to him so he wouldn't have to see Shannon dancing with Geraldo. Shannon sighed ecstatically. What a divine dancer Geraldo was. Geraldo was surprised how calm he felt. The focus on what 
is happening gives readers something to grab onto with their imaginations. More than that, it fills in that non-action vacuum with further insights into the character's emotions, reactions, and purposes. Although we're generally going to want to focus on what our characters are doing, thinking, or feeling, this is far from being a hard and fast rule. Sometimes what our characters aren't doing will end up being what is most important. So you may decide that saying Mark didn't look at Shannon speaks volumes more to his state of mind than any positive action on his part. It's not as visceral, since it doesn't allow readers to see through Mark's eyes and visualize whatever he's looking at in Shannon instead, but it's certainly pithier. Pairing non-actions with positive actions can often be repetitive. If we say Mark is looking at the torn valentine, then we know he can't possibly be looking at Shannon. But sometimes we can get a little more mileage out of our descriptions with a clever pairing. If you want the emphasis to be on Mark's efforts to avert his eyes, but you also want to give readers something positive to visualize, you can piece the two together. For example, Mark didn't look at Shannon dancing with Geraldo. He fingered the ragged edge of the valentine she had torn and shoved back in his face. So here's the bottom line. Keep readers focused on what's happening. Except when what's not happening is legitimately more important to their understanding and experience of your story. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, you can visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And be sure to check back again next week.